So if you have your Bible or your tablet or your phone or however you access the scripture, turn to Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to begin reading with verse 9, where we have been reading for the last few weeks. And we have been teaching uh, uh, on a subject called Teach Us to Pray. And uh, we've had kind of a subtitle underneath that heading. Today we're going to be speaking part five and, uh, and talking about prayer is about relying, relying upon the Lord. So Matthew chapter six and verse number nine, the scripture says, and after this manner, therefore pray ye, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive those who are indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And we're going to stop reading there today and just ask that you bow your heads and let's just pray briefly and ask the Lord to help us, enable us to preach his word. Father, we're thankful today for the opportunity that you have given to us to be in the house of God, to gather together in your name and to worship you in spirit and in truth. Thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit that we have sensed in this house as we have worshiped and as we have sang. And we come to the ministry of the word, and I just simply ask you to help me to be a blessing to those that hear. Bless me that I may be a blessing. Anoint me that I may be a usable instrument in your hand. Let what comes forth from this vessel this morning and these lips of clay, let it come forth with anointing and with power and with clarity, sincerity, honesty. Let it come forth, Lord, from your heart. Speak through me, I pray. Let Christ be glorified, the people of God be edified, and for all of these things, we will fail not to give you praise. Give me liberty in the house of the Lord, in Jesus' name. And everyone in agreement said amen. amen. So once again, we're going to continue uh, where we have been for the past few weeks. Obviously, if we're on part five, this will be the fifth week. Uh, as we kind of preach our way phrase by phrase through the Lord's Prayer. And here in our text, Jesus is teaching a common set of principles that will empower us to be more effective in our prayer life. Notice that he says in verse number 9, After this manner, therefore pray ye. He doesn't tell them to recite this prayer when you pray, but rather he's saying, I'm giving you some guidelines. I am giving you some guiding principles that will help you as you pray. He's teaching us a set of instructions and a set of perimeters for us to understand in order for us to be more effective in our prayer life after this manner. 
with these guiding principles, if you will. In other words, here are some perimeters or principles that will help you to simplify knowing how to approach the throne of God. And when he says, our Father, he's teaching us about relationship. When he says, which art in heaven, he is teaching us about recognition. When he says, hallowed be thy name, he is teaching us about reverence before the Lord. When he says, thy kingdom come, he is teaching us about prophetic promise and about kingdom culture. When he says, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven, he is teaching us about submission and surrender. When he, when he says, forgive us our debts, he is teaching us about confession and repentance. When he says, as we forgive our debtors, he is teaching us about having forgiveness and extending grace to those who are around us. So understand that the principles that he desires for us to remember when we come to God in prayer are relationship, recognition, reverence, promise, submission, repentance or confession, and forgiveness. Beloved, I would submit to you this morning that all of these principles are absolutely essential when we come, amen, to the Lord and keeping the lines of communication open with God. He's wanting us to learn that effective prayer can only take place when we are confidently standing in our relationship with him. Now, amen, let that sink in. He's telling us that we can confidently pray when we know that we are standing in right relationship with him. Amen, effective prayer takes place when we recognize who God is and how great our God is. Effective prayer can only happen when we reverence him for who he is and honor him, amen, and honor his holy name. Effective prayer can only happen when we stand upon the promises of God's word and we remember that every promise in the book is mine and that every promise in the word of God is yes and amen in Christ Jesus, amen. Those are the things that give us confidence when we pray. Those are the things that give us faith when we pray. Effective prayer can only happen when we submit ourselves to his will. Effective prayer can only take place when we confess and repent of our sinful ways. Effective prayer can only happen when we forgive others even as he has forgiven us. So all of these instructions are principles or prerequisites in order for our prayer life to be effective and successful. And now we come to verse number 13. And this morning we're going to break verse 13 down in two different, two different statements, if you will, or two different sections, sections, segments. And the first part of that, we're going to look at both of them a little closer. In the first part of that verse, he says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We're going to cue in on the lead us not. But lead us not into temptation. I think the first and the most obvious thing about this verse is, 
is at first glance, uh, it seems to imply that there is a possibility that God would be considering leading us into temptation. I mean, if you read it, it sounds like we're asking God, please, Lord, don't lead me into temptation. Lead us not into temptation. Please, Lord, don't let me be led into temptation. And I know that sounds a little bit strange. It kind of sounds like he might be thinking about it and we're trying to talk him out of it. Right? And I got to thinking when I'm putting my notes together and I said to the Lord, I don't, I don't, I don't need any help being led into temptation. I can find, I can find temptation all by myself. amen so I mean when you read that scripture it kind of sounds like you know we're asking him not to lead us into temptation and if we're honest with ourselves none of us have any need for being led into temptation we can find it just fine so why would he say pray lead us not into temptation and the truth of the matter is that, amen, we have to understand what exactly what it is that he's saying. What I'm saying this morning is that if you are interpreting the verse to mean that it is God who leads us into temptation, then you are misinterpreting the meaning of the verse because it is not God that leads us into temptation. So let's break it down a little bit further and see if we can find out exactly what he's saying. It is true that the Bible says that he leads us. The Bible says, in fact, that he leads us, amen, but it, it, does, it does tell us that he does not lead us into temptation. So let me give you some scripture this morning to talk about some of the places where he does lead us. And here's what the Bible says in Psalms chapter 23, beginning with the first verse. The psalmist said, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He leads me into peace. He leads us into a place of serenity and calm. He leads us into tranquil places. If your spirit, amen, is uneasy and your spirit is in, amen, turmoil, that's not the presence or the spirit of God. That is the presence and the spirit of our adversary. Amen, because he leads us beside still waters. And then he says he restores my soul and he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Psalms 32 and verse 8, here's what the Bible says. I will instruct thee and teach thee and lead thee in the way that thou shalt go. And I will guide you with my eye. Psalms 48 and verse 14, it says, For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide. He will be our leader even unto death. 
Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 and verse 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not unto your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him and he will direct or he will lead you in the right path. Isaiah 30 and 21 says, And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee saying, This is the way, walk ye in it. When you turn to the right hand, and when you turn to the left hand, what I'm saying is that the Bible clearly tells us that God does indeed lead us, but he does not lead us into temptation. All of these scriptures make it clear that he leads us, but they also make it clear that he does not lead us in the wrong direction and he does not lead us into evil paths, but he leads us into paths that lead to light and eternal life and righteousness. He leads us in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. He leads us in the paths of good judgment and wisdom. He leads us in the paths of spiritual truth truth and spiritual knowledge and godly understanding. He leads us in the paths of morality and purity. Yes, he leads us, but he does not lead us into temptation and he never leads us into enticement and he never leads us into sinful behavior and he never sends us or leads us. Amen. Amen. He is never the source of our wicked desires. He does does not tempt us with evil because amen, he leads us in the right paths. James chapter 1, verse number 13. Here is what the scripture says. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts he any man. But brace yourself, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lusts. When he is drawn away of his own lusts and enticed in his own heart. Then when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. Beloved James makes it clear that temptation does not come from without, but temptation comes from within. Temptation comes from within our own lustful desires. He makes it clear that we are drawn away and we are enticed by our own lustful desires. He makes it clear that we are pulled into sin because of our own fallen nature. He makes it clear that temptation, when it comes our way, it is not the Lord's fault. It's not even always the devil's fault. It's not the world's fault. It's not somebody else's fault. It's our fault. Hello? Do you remember when Adam and Eve were in the garden and they both partook of the apple or the fruit, the forbidden fruit? 
And the Bible says that God came down in the cool of the evening and said, Adam, where are you? And they had hid themselves. And, uh, and God called to them, Adam, where are you? Where art thou? And when he finally spoke up, he said, we have hid ourselves because we are naked and afraid. And Jesus said to them, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the fruit that I forbid you to eat of? And do you know what Adam did? Adam blamed it on the woman. He blamed it on the woman. He says, Lord, and, and now, now hang on a minute. I mean, ultimately, ultimately he's blaming it on God. Because this is what he said. The woman that you gave to be with me. If you had never given her to me, I'd be okay. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I would have done it all by myself. <laughs> it might not have even taken longer, sis. I don't know. But I'm, what I'm saying is Adam tried to pass the buck. He didn't want to take responsibility for his sin. The woman that you have gave me. And then when it came, uh, Eve's turn to talk. She said, it wasn't my fault. I, di I didn't do this. It was the serpent that beguiled me. Isn't it amazing that we never want to take responsibility for our own sinful heart? Amen. Let me just tell you again this morning, if we are led into temptation, it is not God's fault. It's not always the enemy's fault. It's not the world's fault. It's not someone else. It's us. It's our fault. It's our sinful heart. I read a story a couple of months ago. Two monks were on a journey and they're walking together down a path and they come to a small brook. There was a young, beautiful woman standing at the brook, and she was wanting to cross the, the water, and she was frightened and unable to get across on her own. And one of the monks just picked her up and carried her across and set her down on the other side of the stream. Bid her a good day, and the two monks continued on their way. And down the road a little ways, one of the monks said, My brother, I'm troubled about something. And he said, Yeah, what's that? And he said, As you know... Our order prohibits us from even looking upon a woman. And you picked that woman up and you carried her across the stream and it doesn't even seem to bother you at all. And the other monk looked at the first monk and he smiled and said, my brother, I put the woman down on the other side of the river's bank. You still carry her in your heart. Hello? What I'm saying is that th that is the essence of temptation. That is the problem with the human race. Amen. The issue of a heart, the heart of the problem is the problem with our heart. Here's what Jesus said in Mar uh, Mark chapter 7 and verse 21. He said, for from within, from within, out of the heart of man proceeds evil thoughts adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, 
covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, amen, an evil eye, pride or blasphemy, foolishness. All of these things, he said, come from within. And they are the things that defile a man. Amen. The issue is a heart issue because the problem is with our own sinful heart. So what does Jesus mean when he says for us to pray, lead us not into temptation? Here is what we need to understand. Lead us not into temptation should be read as, should not be read as, Lord, please don't tempt me. It shouldn't be read as, Lord, please do not tempt us, but it should be read, Lord, please do not allow me to be led into temptation. Please keep me from my own wicked heart. The Bible says that the heart is desperately wicked and desperately deceitful and who can know it? I tell you this morning, the only one that can know the depths and the recesses of our heart is God when he shines a light down on the inside of us and tries our ways and sees the wickedness in us and then reveals it to us so we can Deal with it before him. Amen. Please, Lord, it should be, amen, interpreted. Please, Lord, do not permit me. Do not authorize. Do not approve. Do not consent for me to be led into temptation. How many of you know that each and every day we are tempted in one way or another and in multiple ways, many times during the day? Amen. What I'm telling you this morning is that we need to come to Christ and acknowledge our weakness and acknowledge his strength and pray Lord in my weakness I need you to help me to be strong in my inability I need you to empower me and I need you to give me the victory over my own sinful fallen nature Hmm. what Jesus is saying is that we need to pray that God by his great power will keep us from the pull of temptation We need to pray that by his strength and by his power, he will keep us from falling. Because I assure you, your your will or your determination will not always keep you out of temptation. Do you remember what Jesus said to the disciples? He said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Amen. I don't care how much you determine. I'm not going to fall. I'm not going to fall. I'm not going to fall. Well, I just fell. Hello? That is the nature of flesh. That is the nature of flesh. How can we overcome? Only through the power and the anointing of God's wonderful Holy Spirit. Amen. Pray. Lead me not. Do not allow me to be led into temptation. The prayer is a request for God to rescue and preserve. The prayer is a request for God to uphold us and defend us. The prayer is a request for God to guard us and to protect us. What Jesus is saying is that we all need to pray for his divine intervention to help keep us out of our own trouble and out of our own way. (laughs) 
in the garden of Gethsemane. The Bible says in Luke chapter 22 that Jesus, they had finished the, the last supper and Jesus had took his disciples, the Bible says, as he was wont, even to the Mount of Olives. And his disciples followed him. And when they were in the garden, this is what Jesus said to them, pray, pray that you enter not into temptation. And he went a little farther. The Bible said about a stone's cast away and he knelt down and he began to pray. He began to call upon the Lord saying, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And when he arose from his prayer, the Bible said that he came to the disciples who see who, who he had told them, pray that you enter not in. When he came to them, amen, they were asleep. They were asleep. And he said to them, why do you sleep? Rise and pray lest you fall into temptation. How many of you know they fell into temptation that very night? They came to arrest Jesus and they all forsook him and fled and denied that they knew him. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? Saints of God, when we pray, lead us not into temptation. We are asking for a divine intervention to happen on our behalf to keep us from falling to the temptations of our flesh. We are asking God to lead us and guide us and keep us from the lustful desires of our sinful nature. Understand that lead us not into temptation. We are not asking God to lead us not in the sense uh, that he is responsible for our temptations, uh, but we are rather asking him not to allow us to be led into inappropriate places uh, and to inappropriate situations. We are relying upon his strength and his power and his ability to keep us clean and keep us out of the paths of the enemy keep us out of the temptations of life this verse is all about realizing that we are relying and trusting upon God and his power to walk in the way that we need to walk mm. I want to close this section by giving you some very precious promises concerning temptation and this one I think is at the top of the list 1 Corinthians 10 and 13 it says there has no temptation taken you but as such is to common you are fooling yourself hello there has no temptation taken you, but such is common to men. But God is faithful who will suffer you, amen, who will not suffer you to be tempted above what you are able to handle. But he will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. What a great promise. That if we are tempted, we will, not be, we will not be tempted about what we are able to handle. Amen. We'll not be tempted about what we could bear. And, and along with it, God will make a way of escape if we're looking for it. <laughs> That's a really big, if we're looking for it, if we're watching for if we really want to escape. Our problem is 
that when we are tempted and drawn away and enticed of our own lust, amen, God will speak. The Holy Spirit speaks to our heart and says, hey, don't, don't do that. And we're like, you need to just go away for a little while. Let me get into what I want to get into, and then we'll talk later. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Hello? No, if we're looking for a way of escape, if we're desiring to be led away from that temptation, and we're desiring to be set free from that thing, then the Lord will make a way of escape. Take it. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 18, it says, For he, because he himself has suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted as well. Second Peter 2 and 9 said, The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. Matthew chapter 26 and 40, uh, 41, The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Amen. Revelation 3 and 10, Because God says, Because you have kept the word, of my patience I will also keep you from the hour of temptation that is coming upon the world I'm here to tell you this morning that if you will look for a way out God will make a way out for us when we pray lead us not into temptation amen he is teaching us that prayer is about relying upon his strength his ability his power his might Amen. We we don't have enough self-will to overcome. We don't have enough, we don't have enough, you know, determination to overcome. We don't have we don't have the mindset. We can't think it right or do do it right. But with, with him, with him, all things are possible. James chapter 1, verse 2. James said, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Counted a joy when you, how many of you counted a joy when you fall into temptation? Not so much, right? Counted a joy, and here's, here's why. He says, knowing that the trying of your faith works patience. Let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire and wanting in nothing. James chapter 1 verse 12 says, blessed is the man that endures temptation. For when he is tried, he will receive a crown of life, which the Lord has promised for them that love him. Jude chapter 1 verse 24 and verse 25 says, Now unto him that is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless in the presence of his glory. Amen. I'm telling you this morning that if we will look for the way out, God will make a way out. Lead us not into temptation is not implying that God leads us into temptation. It's implying that we are desiring for God to intervene when we are tempted. Second thing that I want to talk about this morning, lead us not into temptation. And then he comes to, amen, the latter part of verse 13. And he says, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. In reality, it means deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one. The deliverance that Jesus is speaking of is a deliverance from our adversary, the devil. He's saying, deliver us 
from the devil. Deliver us from the enemy. Amen. Our enemy. Deliver us from the demonic foes of hell. Deliver us from the power of Satan and the snares of his ways. Deliver us from the evil one. I will just share with you a rock solid biblical truth this morning. The devil, the Satan, the enemy, whatever name you want to put on him and the Bible gives him multiple names, the accuser of the brethren and others. But let me just tell you, he is just as real as I am standing here today. The world would like for us to believe that the enemy or the devil is a figment of our imagination. Or, or 2020, how many of you saw the commercial, you know, with the, the guy with the horns and, you know, in 2020, I don't even know what they were advertising now. But they, they, they would like for you to believe that it's just some kind of a mystic fairy tale. I want you to understand this morning that there is an enemy that is just as real as I am standing here today. And God's word declares that he, he has his heart set upon bringing destruction and devastation to your life. Here's what Jesus said in John chapter 10 and verse number 10. He said, the thief, the enemy, the devil, Satan, the thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Those are the objectives of the evil one. Amen. But Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. The Greek word for the word destroy in verse 10 right there means destruction, the destroyer to lose, to suffer loss, to mar, to cause one to perish. The ultimate goal, I tell you this morning, of our adversary is to steal, to kill, and to destroy, and to mar and bring to ashes every Everything that God desires to put into your life. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walks about seeking whom he may devour. And that's why the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12 that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world and against spiritual wickedness in high places. We this morning are fighting against a real live enemy, the evil one who would love to see us perish. And Jesus tells us not only to pray that he will keep us from being led into temptation, but he's telling us that we need to pray every day, oh God, deliver me from the evil one. Mm. Deliver me from the evil one. I've heard people, you know, talk about that verse in Peter, you know, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil. And then folks have said, you know, well, I don't know why you're afraid of him. God pulled his teeth. Well, let me just share a couple of things with you here. Amen. He goes on to say in Ephesians chapter six, verse 13, because we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world. He says, here's what you need to do. You need to take unto you the whole armor of God 
Doesn't sound to me like his teeth have been pulled. Hello? You need to take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore with your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and take the shield of faith wherewith you will be able to quench all of the fiery darts of the wicked one. And then he said, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit amen which is the word of God and pray always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit what he's saying is prepare yourself for a battle prepare yourself for a battle and when you have on those things they will deliver you from the adversary they will give you power over the enemy 2 Corinthians 10 and 3, Paul said, We wrestle not against, or, or for, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. And then he goes on to say, But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. It is the Spirit of God that helps us to overcome the evil one. We need to understand that when the devil comes, he comes to bring destruction and raise havoc in our life. And we are to pray for deliverance and divine intervention to thwart and the, uh, to thwart the plans and the strategies uh, of the adversary so that we might be free. When it comes to dealing with the evil one, we need to remember that God has given us authority and power over him as we Submit to God. Amen. We can resist the enemy and he will flee from us. But only as we submit ourselves unto God. Remember these few scriptures here. When it comes to the evil one, here's what the Bible says. If you are girded with the, with, the, with the truth and you have on the helmet of salvation and you are carrying the sword of the spirit and you are dressed in the armor that he tells us to put on, then here's what the Bible says about the enemy. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Isaiah 54 and 17 says, no weapon that is formed against you will be able to prosper. And every tongue that shall rise up against you, thou shalt condemn. He says, for this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, says God. Amen. The Bible says in Luke 10 and 19, behold, Jesus is speaking. Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and upon scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. If you're clothed with the armor, if you're praying, deliver me from the evil one. Lord, you empower me. You empower me to have power over the evil one. When we pray, deliver us from evil, we are relying upon the power of God to help see us through. When we pray, deliver us from evil, we are relying upon the power of the blood, amen, to enable us to be an overcomer in Christ.
When we pray, deliver us from evil, we are asking God to intercede and intercept the snares of the enemy. We are praying and agreeing with the psalmist who prayed in Psalms 91 and verse number 1. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And it goes on to say, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God. God in him will I trust and surely he shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence he will cover me with his wings amen and under his wings shall I trust his truth will be my shield and my buckler amen I will not be afraid of the terror by night nor for the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that walks in darkness nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. The writer said a thousand may fall at thy side and ten thousand may fall at thy right hand but it will not come nigh unto you. I'm here to tell you if you'll put your trust in God he will keep you from the evil one. Hallelujah. Praying is about relying. Relying on the presence and the spirit of God. When we are relying upon the Lord, amen, we are relying upon the Lord not to allow us to be led astray. When we pray, lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil, we are relying upon the Lord to help deliver us from our evil adversary. Jesus points out that we daily need to pray for his help. We need to daily pray for his strength to fight the good fight of faith and battle against temptation and a battle against the adversary who comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. We are challenged to pray about our needs. Amen. The greatest need of our life is not to put food on the table, not to put clothes on our back, but the greatest need of our life is to, is to have the ability to face temptation and overcome the work of the adversary. And I tell you this morning as I close that if we will do our part and we trust our Heavenly Father, he will be faithful to do his part. If we pray when we face temptation, he will open up a door for us to have a way out. When our evil heart desires to lead us astray, the Holy Spirit will come and minister in our spirit and reveal that to our life, to our, our life and our heart, and lead us into light instead of into darkness. If we will pray, deliver me from the adversary, deliver me from the evil one, deliver me from my enemy, God will be faithful to bring deliverance. Bow your heads here this morning as we close. Praying is about relying. Relying upon the presence of God and relying upon the spirit of God to help us to face our temptations and help us to overcome our enemy. We cannot stand in our own ability. We cannot stand in our own strength. But in our weakness, 
he is made strong. In our weakness, he is made strong. In our weakness, he can divinely give us ability. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning for the opportunity that we have had to be here in the house of God. I thank you, Lord, that we do not have to face the temptations of our own wicked heart alone. But thank you for the promise. Thank you for the promise of making a way out. Thank you for the promise of keeping us from falling. Thank you for the promise of coming alongside and, 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 and lifting us up and encouraging and helping us in all of our temptations. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that we don't have to face our adversary alone. Thank you, Father, that we don't have to face the roar of the lion unarmed. We don't have to face the roar of the evil one without backup. You came to give us life. He came to steal and kill and destroy, but you came to give us life and that more abundant. This morning, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you will touch each heart with the word that has been spoken. And if there are areas of our life, Lord, where we are being tempted, if there are areas of our life, Lord, where we are failing and falling, then speak to us. Show us the way of escape as you have promised. Lord, if the evil one has come out against us and brought fear and doubt and unbelief and confusion and, and turmoil and anxiety in our heart, then help us to realize the authority that you gave us over the enemy. Help us to realize that you have given us power to tread above serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. So that nothing would be able to harm or hurt us. Speak to our hearts here this morning, I pray in Jesus' name. Help us to rise up in your word, claim your promises, and walk in them today. In Christ's name, amen. Heads about, eyes are closed. Are you here this morning and you would just slip up your hand and say, Lord... Help me to lean upon you daily to overcome the temptations of my own heart. Hands all over the building. Help me to overcome the temptations of my own heart. Maybe you're here this morning and you'd lift up a hand and say, Lord, I need you to help me overcome the evil one in this area of my life. He knows what area. God sees you. Yes, Stand to your feet. Let's pray together once more for those that lifted their hands all over this building, Heavenly Father, right now in Jesus' name. Right now in Jesus' name we pray. Lord, do not allow us to be led into that temptation again. When the tempter arises, when the temptation arises, 
make a way of escape that is so clear that we will have to absolutely be rebellious to go ahead and walk in that temptation or go for that temptation. Make a way of escape that is so prevalent and so real that we have to acknowledge that it's a God thing and help us to overcome. Help us to rely daily upon you. Amen. When our evil heart wants to entice and draw us away, allow us to rely upon your strength. Fall upon your grace. When the evil one comes out against us, Help us to rise up in the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit and speak the word of God. Get behind me, Satan. Help us to rise up in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit and say, it is written. And when we resist the enemy, Lord, we know that you will, amen, fulfill your word, that he will flee from us. Give us that boldness to rise. In Christ's name we pray. In Christ's name we pray and we ask. Amen and amen. Go ahead and sing.